there's there's only one team that feels good at the end of the year. All, all these other teams kind of experience that in, in, in being in a position to, to kind of swallow that twice with the with the Delaware loss and, and the Youngstown. Matter of fact, I think that 94 team might have been the best team that we we had. We had some killers on that team, just some absolute studs that, that did hone the team and, and lead to success in the future. Silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. I am Coulter Nuanas. You can find Grizz Greats on all your podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other podcasting platform you might prefer. Grizz Greats is proudly presented by First Security Bank of Missoula and Blackfoot Communications. It's a 25 part podcast series chronicling Montana's run to the 1995 football national championship. In this episode of Grizz Grits, we'll hear from Johansi Manzanares. He was a senior defensive end for that Grizz team, one of the heart and souls of the Grizz defense, and a hell of a player out of Great Falls High, an outstanding All-American caliber wrestler in high school, as well as an All-State football player who brought his talents to the University of Montana and played right away. He was a four-year contributor, a three-year starter, although he did start for parts of four seasons, and one of the stalwarts on that fearsome front that really helped buoy the day for Montana both throughout the season, but particularly in the playoffs, and particularly in their 22-20 victory over Marshall on December 22nd of 1995 to claim the first national championship in school history. Without further ado, Johansi Manzanera is a captain for the 1995 University of Montana Grizzly football team. Happy now to welcome into Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. Man, from Montana, from Great Falls High School, a senior on that team, Johansi Manzanera is joining us. And Johansi, we appreciate you so much being here uh, with us and taking the time out. We got to start with the obvious thing. You uh, graduated from Great Falls High. How angry were you when Dave Dickinson won the starting job at Montana as a rival, cross-town rival that you went up against all through your high school years. Now you got to have this guy play a quarterback on your team. That's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 no, Dave, that's not a problem at all. Matter of fact, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. You have those high school rivalries, and, and we had the opportunity to play the Shrine game together and uh, instantly became uh, BFFs. So uh, if you can't beat them, you got to join them. And it's right. great. Uh, yeah, Dave took it to us uh, both my junior and senior year in high school. So. I, I know what it's to, uh, like to be on the flip side of, of a Dickinson comeback. It's awful, uh, awful fun to be on the team uh, with, with Dave leading the charge. Take us back to Great Falls when you were growing up, because Great Falls has always been a great sports town, great football town. But uh, when you were coming up, that was kind of the height of it. I know there was a lot of Air Force families living in the town. And, I mean, not only football, but wrestling was huge too. I know you were a, a four-time state champion in wrestling as well. So just take us through your youth sports career in Great Falls, but what was it like growing up there? How did that help cultivate your, your competitive spirit? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I did have the opportunity to go back to, uh, to, to, to Great Falls. I don't get back to Montana much. Uh, uh, we had an unfortunate situation. Uh, Bob Zadick uh, recently passed away, and I was able to go back and, um, and be with the Zadick family and, and uh, really kind of celebrate his life. But in going back, I had the opportunity to connect with a lot of people and, and kind of reflect on that time in that, uh, that 91 class. We had people like... Uh, Dennis Black, one of the best shot putters in the nation. We had Scott Hatler, one of the best, best basketball players in the state. 
we had Billy Zadek, uh, Jeff Thompson, both uh, uh, All-American wrestlers. I uh, had myself on that wrestling team. Uh, and, then, uh, and then, yeah, Scotty Spragues and myself, Joe Dahl, all going to the University of Montana. So a, a, very, um, a very athletic class, a very good class. And then, uh, of course, on the, uh, the other side of the river, you had, uh, you had Dave Dickinson, you had Jamber Bartell, you had John Knutson, uh, you had McElroy. So extremely talented uh, group of, of individuals over there. So it was fun. I mean, extremely competitive, um, really kind of a high level of athletes going up. Very, uh, very good environment to, to kind of transition into the college realm, uh, having that type of competition and those type of people around you. So it was fun. Do you think, is, is there something about Great Falls specifically? I mean, we think about this sometimes in relation to Butte, like how many guys per capita have gone on to do, you know, kind of great things, especially in the world of athletics, football specifically. But in that time in Great Falls, I know that the city is booming and all of that, but that doesn't just mean that you're going to have these prolific, you know, products, uh, athletes, in all, like you mentioned, all different realms of athletics as well. Was there, was there something else going on there that you can point to, or is it just sort of happenstance? Yeah, I don't know if I can really kind of put put my finger in it. I think the reality is, is, is uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. And, and when you grow up with these individuals and these kids, and, and especially for me, um, the youth wrestling program run by Bob Zadick, uh, you, uh, you had tremendous talent. You had the Youngs in there. You had uh, Jeff Toms. You had uh, Billy and Mikey Zadick. Uh, you had myself uh, really at a young age committed to the sport, traveling all around the nation. And once you kind of you get that caliber of, of individuals together, um, you continue to accelerate. And so we were, uh, we had the good fortune of, of finishing um, extremely well in terms of our wrestling careers and, and also nationally. And, uh, and, and then we just surrounded ourselves too with, with athletic kids and, and uh, great coaches, great support system. Uh, you, you have a community that really loves uh, football and athletics. And so I don't know, perfect storm, but uh, yeah, I, I I was proud to be part of that kind of era for, uh, for Great Falls, for sure. What did your family do growing up? Did you have an agricultural background, or what, what, was, your, what was your family's background? <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't picking up hay bales or flipping cows. No, I, uh, my, my mother was a physical therapist, and uh, my father was a special ed teacher. And ironically enough, uh, um, so I was, I was raised in Missoula, Montana. Um, mm. Age of four, moved up to Missoula, Montana. And my mother, uh, single mom on food stamps, uh, really made a decision to go back to, to college. And we lived in the Exus, so it was a, uh, um, you know, it was assisted living environment. And uh, she went, put herself through college, uh, six years. And uh, ironically enough, I had a, had a buddy living in, in uh, the Exus who, who uh, was part of the wrestling program. I, I simply joined along so my mom could study. And so for, for the time that she was there, I, I had the, the good opportunity of, of, of uh, wrestling in that, that environment. And then she got a job over in Great Falls, Montana. And so <clears throat> coming full circle, one of the reasons I did choose Montana is I, I wanted to be a physical therapist. And uh, my mom had the connections over there and uh, Don Reed got in her ear and, and uh, made it very, very difficult to say no to the University of Montana. And it, uh, how about the element of having a brother that was so close in age, too? I mean, I have a brother close in age as well. And, I mean, you know, growing up, that's your biggest competitor. That's the guy you're going to be battling with all the time. I know your younger brother ended up playing for the Grizz as well. But did, did that help uh, kind of stimulate your, your athletic prowess or your athletic development? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, it's interesting. You, you talk about kind of the relationship that, that brothers have over the years. And I think, uh, you know, the intimacy of, of two young kids playing together. And then all of a sudden you, uh, uh, you have the kind of the junior high and high school years. There, there is a really a separation um, in terms of, and, and we really had an interesting family dynamic uh, when I was growing up as, as my single mom. And so I kind of took on the father figure role and uh, it was, it was tough on Eric, especially going into those, those junior high and high school years, anything I said, um, as any father would know is, was, was wrong. Right. So he would, he would simply do the opposite of it. And getting into college and having that separation and, and, and growing up myself um, really brought us closer together. And I committed in college that I, I, I was not offering unsolicited advice. Anytime Eric wanted to talk to me, he could talk to me and ask. But, but my responsibility was really to keep my mouth shut and, uh, and have him come to me. And I think in doing that, um, not only fostered the relationship in college, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud to say uh, you know, I love my brother very much. And, and I'm very proud of him and, and, and uh, gr extremely grateful for the relationship that we've had over the years. But yeah, going back to that early, early days, the competition, and I, I think anybody having a close brother, especially uh, when you got two uh, aggressive uh, young, young men, you're, you're going to get after it. So yeah, needless to say, we did break some furniture and, and get in our shared <laughs> tussles. And it certainly enhanced, enhanced your athletic uh, prowess, if anything. No doubt. Well, you talked about Don Reed kind of talking to your mom and making it hard not to go. Uh, was there any chance or was there anywhere else that you had an opportunity to go that you maybe thought about for a minute? Uh, yeah. So I, I, uh, I, coming out of high school, I, I, good, I had the good fortune of, of uh, having multiple offers, um, both on the wrestling side. I was, I was ranked number one in the nation as a heavyweight wrestler. And so both uh, Billy Zadick and myself – were invited to what's referred to as the Pittsburgh Classic. And the Pittsburgh Classic was they took the number one kid out of every single weight class and they paired them up with the, um, the Pittsburgh All-Star team, so the 5A All-Star team. And Billy Zach and, and myself were the only kids selected from the same team. And ironically enough, you talk about kind of this, this small little dot on the uh, United States, two kids pulled from Great Falls, Montana to represent the United States in that. So, um, and then football. Uh, uh, football, I had uh, a, a lot of kind of Pac-10 uh, Northwest schools. I, I took a trip to uh, Washington um, State. I took a trip out to Oregon. Um, and then I had uh, at Wyoming and Montana State in Montana as my five, uh, five trips. And uh, all, all of them offered full-ride scholarships. And, and uh, But yeah, if you, if you know Don Reed and you're around him for any period of time, man, he is... Uh, He's a sticky guy. You, you, you love him instantly. Um, you want to be around him. He makes you feel very good and very comfortable. And, and I know that was a, that was a big part of the decision for us as a family and, and uh, my mom specifically. And, and quite frankly, I, I just wanted to, to stay in state and, and uh, get it done with the Grizz. And did you, ever, did you ever consider what would have happened if you would have gone to college to wrestle? What, what, what like the different path your life might have taken? Yeah, you, you know, you, you kind of, I, I think as you age, I, I think this, this journey becomes pretty incredible. And, and uh, for, for me to stand here at this point talking to you guys on this date, uh, it, the, the infinite probabilities for something to happen in order for us to connect, um, whether it's a, a small decision, rest or, or foot wet, that would have been a big decision, but uh, 
you know, to come down to Southern California to, to meet my wife on a, you know, casual date. You, you, you look at kind of these infinite choices that you have uh, throughout your life. And, and yeah, I think my life would have been very different. I don't know how, um, but I, I did have a, a true love for wrestling. I didn't start playing uh, football until my sophomore year in, in, uh, in high school. Uh, my mom, being a physical therapist, was, uh, was concerned about me getting injured or hurt. And so it was okay for me to wrestle. <laughs> I got twisted my arm and yanked on my neck, but uh, the violent collisions of football, apparently. Uh, and then uh, um, Jeff, who was my, uh, my stepdad, I, I call him my, he is my dad. He is my father. Uh, but he came in the picture and, and instantly realized that, you know, th these kids uh, have a passion and, and a talent. We've got to let them play football. And so that was one of the best, uh, best moments of my life. And my, my mom and dad finally bought me cleats and I went out for a couple games in freshman year and, and first uh, full-time I did was a sophomore. Um, so the, the question you asked would have been different. I, I'd wrestled about 11 years. I played football uh, for about, uh, about three. And anybody who's done both those sports um, could attest to re wrestling might be the toughest physically and mentally uh, and emotionally uh, sport. That, that there is right so it is it is man on man you are getting after you grind away every single day in the practice room um it, it is it has prepared me for life like no other sport in the world and you compare that with football you know i'm on the field with i got a team of, of 100 dudes there's a lot of people in the stands i've got uh 11 people here we we go for 10 seconds we rest for 90 seconds um you know there, there, there was really kind of no, no comparison. And, and it was fun. And I excelled at it. So I, I uh, it actually broke uh, Bob Zaddock's heart and a few of my wrestling coaches that I did, I did chose football, but um, I, I don't look back. Very grateful for that. Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, is sponsored by First Security Bank and Coulter. While well, First Security has long been a supporter of the University of Montana and UM Athletics, people might be surprised to know how much First Security Bank, in fact, influenced the University of Montana program and the path they were on directly. Back in 1993, the Grizz were on their way to their second ever berth in the Division I AA playoffs. Previously, in 1989, the only other time Montana had made it to the Division I AA playoffs. And at that time, first round home games awarded via a bidding process. And so to help support the Grizz football team, as well as fortify the faith throughout the community of Missoula, Bill Boucher, former president of First Security Bank, stepped up to the table to help the University of Montana guarantee any potential revenue lost for the first round of the playoffs. And of course, that was recouped in a big way as the University of Montana in 1993 then started the first of 17 straight playoff berths. And in 1995, that local optimism was turned into national prominence as Montana made a run all the way to the 1995 National Championship. First Security Bank is proud to sponsor Grizz Greats and this 25-part podcast series commemorating the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions for Security Bank a proud supporter of Grizz Athletics and the University of Montana. You get to the university and you decide to play this new sport at the college level uh, of football. 
But what was it like transitioning into, you know, the University of Montana football program? You mentioned, you know, your mom is there. You'd been, you know, in, in the city and around the school and stuff. But what did you know about the football program outside of Don Reed? And what was your experience transitioning in now as, as a student and as a player? Yeah, I mean, you talk about kind of these, these, these transitions in life. And I think going from high school to college is a, is a massive one. Going from college into the real world is a massive one. So it, it, was, uh, it was tough. It was nice in the fact that I did know a lot of people at the university. Um, I had some friends, and obviously you have a instant, um, how should I say it, a uh, you know community that you participate in. You plug in, and you've got you got you know a hundred dudes that are instantly your your uh, become your cohorts. You're running through this journey with with them. So plugging into that and knowing a lot of the people who did come in from Great Falls uh, or the surrounding area made the transition easy, but. It was, uh, you know, you go from kind of a very coddled world in, in high school and, and living under the parents' roof. Now, all of a sudden, you're responsible for, uh, you know, the coordination, the shopping, the cleaning, the bills um, as you live off campus. And, um, you know, just, just growing up, right? So that, that transition was, uh, was tough. And then, then going from kind of a, the, the, the big uh, fish on campus uh, to, to now you are you are the scrawny one, right? So you've got all these dudes, you're surrounded by some high level talent, uh, all bigger, all stronger, all faster than you. And you, you realize that you have to, you have to catch up in a hurry. It's interesting. Just, just looking at my, my body too. Um, I, I put on about 30 pounds that, that first year, 35 pounds and, and strength went up. Uh, and I think anytime you kind of put yourself or thrust yourself in an environment like that, where you're, you have to grow or, or, or die, you, your, your body adapts pretty well. So it was a fun transition that kind of the red shirt year and, and knocking around as the scout team team versus the, the number ones, we had a good opportunity to, to really play against the, the best right away. And either you, you excelled or you got crushed. The dynamic of putting on weight. I know sometimes for guys, it's a little bit hard, but I think that sometimes you see guys like yourself that were wrestlers when you when you get the wrestling part out of the equation, now you just put on all this weight. Because I know, I know you're a heavyweight, so you're not necessarily cutting, but you're also not sweating in the practice room five days a week either. So did it come easier for you building the strength once you stopped wrestling? I, I think so. I, I think wrestling in terms of just a foundational sport is, is, is pretty incredible. Just the, uh, I, I think, mentally, uh, the, the physicality of the sport, understanding uh, body position, how to hit someone, how to take someone down. Um, it translates extremely well, but the, uh, yeah, putting on the pounds, I mean, uh, during wrestling, it, my mother, um, and, and thank God for this, she, she never allowed me to, to diet, um, or to cut weight, uh, whatever I wrestled or whatever I weighed, I wrestled. Um, I was frustrated with that, but, but kind of big picture, how important that was, um, to, to me and my, my, my physical growth. So, um, yeah, getting in the, the, the room and, and understanding power strength and and, and had some uh, had some great lifting coaches around and got bulked up pretty quick. Uh, so it was good. All right. When you move from the practice squad to the squad, as it were, uh, 
what what was it like to play football in in Washington Grizzly Stadium in in a, still a brand new stadium really at that time I mean the gem of the whole of the whole nation it still is in a lot of ways but especially then and and uh, to be on that field and in those uh, places and 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 playing and doing it yeah it was a it's a it's a beautiful um, stadium uh, you know just in general the the way it sits. Uh, the, the noise that's generated is unbelievable. It can be deafening. And I, I, I remember distinctly, there, there'd been games where you're, you're talking to someone this close and, and you can't hear what they say. And it becomes kind of a sign language deal. You're, you're shouting at each other back and, back and forth. But yeah, going from the practice squad, um, I had a good opportunity to see the field as a freshman, a, as a linebacker, um, in the linebacker position. So it was, it was actually Danny Downs. And, uh, and myself behind him, Danny Downs was a, a sophomore at the time. And uh, so we rotate in and, and had, had uh, saw, saw a lot of action. I did, did pretty well as a, uh, as a freshman and, and, and loved the sport. Um, so it was, a, it was a blast. Kind of fast forward. Um, and the reason I, I, I was moved to defensive end is, is Danny went on to, to, to win some some national accolades, right? So he was big sky, he was all American. And they had me kind of sitting as a behind. Well, I can't, I can't beat out the all American, right? So um, there, there was a decision that says, hey, we got to get both these guys on the field. You know, Johansson, you played a little defensive end in, in high school. Can you put your head in the mud? And so very next year, I transitioned over and as a sophomore started on the, uh, on the D-line for the Grizz, so. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. So many of the guys, particularly on the defensive side of the ball that we've talked to throughout doing all these interviews, they've talked about the culture that existed at Montana, but how you had to kind of wait your turn. You had to earn your way up. And you kind of had an accelerated development, being up with the older guys, even when you were a freshman, getting a ton of snaps. And then by the time you're a sophomore, you know, a key player on the defense. So what was it like trying to navigate just your position within the, the lineup and the team when you were one of the only younger guys that were sort of up with the, the top older guys on the defense. Yeah, it, it was, it was tough. Uh, yeah. I, I see that too, too emotionally. And, and uh, you know, you're, you're in an environment where, where majority of the defense was seniors. Um, there was a few juniors on the, on the squad, but I beat out a couple of seniors for that spot. So here's that freshman uh, that, that, you know, essentially that entire group grew up together. And, and now I'm, I've kind of invaded uh, their, their, their space and, and their, their unit. Um, so, so it was, uh, it was a little tough, a little, little challenging in terms of the transition, but um, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you, makes you hard. And, and so being able to understand and learn in that environment, and it's a, it's a physical game. And I, what, what I think the staff did a very good job is they, they put the best talent on the field. And so I, I really kind of embraced that role and, and, and took it and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was certainly not given. It was, it was all earned. And so you're just going with that mentality You do the best you possibly can and, and you'll be a good team player. And that was, that had always been my, my goal. Um, I could have chose to stay at linebacker. I could have 
maybe moved inside. It could have said, hey, I'm, here's where I'm at. Um, or it's, what, it's what's best for the team. And I think, I think cultivating that um, very early on in my mind, there was no decision. I mean, wh wherever you guys think I'm, I'm best suited to play and where I can help the team out the, the, the best, I'm going to do. Uh, so it was a um, it was a fun environment to, to to really do that, but but ultimately just just embracing that team role and, and doing whatever I could. Your sophomore and junior seasons, the, the the program has been building for a number of years, even you know before you got there, and then really kind of accelerated upon your arrival and, and your class. But you guys go to the postseason. At the Delaware game, famously in '93, a couple wins. Then you got the Youngstown State game in the pouring down rain, famously in '94, and a couple balls that maybe didn't quite go your way at important times. Dave got hurt, all that kind of stuff. How big though were the, was that? Just to I don't know if momentum's the word, but to build the program through those years heading into that '95 season. I think that's 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 huge, and and when you um, when you kind of reflect back on those times, anything in life, I think you have to really kind of learn to win, and and I think I think expectations get set. Um, I think there is a a, a culture that's developed, and, uh, and and you're right during during our sophomore year, I don't I don't think we had that. I think I think there was really kind of a celebration. We were in the playoffs, and and we were a good team, and and that that became kind of the um, the goal. Well, if you kind of fast forward from that. That, that no longer became the goal. That was the expectations, right? We are not only going to get in the playoffs, but we're going to win. Um, and then it's going to win the national championship. That, that became kind of the genesis of kind of the transition between uh, uh, the, the 94 season and the 95 season. It was not just to get to the game. It was to win the national championship. So as an organization, as any, you know, you can see it in business. Uh, you can see it around personnel. You, you, you learn those dynamics, you learn how to win and you learn how to raise that bar. And once you do, uh, everything around it raises. So uh, you had to be part of that, literally that, that sophomore season, making the playoffs for the first time. And I think it was 17 or 18 straight years that that was, that was the benchmark. Um, that, that was kind of the minimum expectation that you'd see from a Grizzly football program. So uh, you can point back to that year as being kind of the, the point at which the, those, uh, those tides did rise. We've talked about the disappointments of the 93 loss to Delaware, the 94 loss to Youngstown State with several guys from a mental standpoint, from a, a team culture standpoint, but from a physical standpoint. I mean, I know you yourself was like, were a guy that was really into the weight room, you know, a leader in that aspect of things. Did you think that the training itself in the offseason ratcheted up a notch as well when you guys were headed into the offseasons coming off of these losses? Yeah, I think so. I think anytime you do that, there's a, a sense of disappointment, but you can, uh, you can respond one or two ways in that environment. And I think that is with, with life. I mean, when you fall down, how do you respond? And I think that shows the true character of any organization, any individual. Um, you could choose to feel sorry for yourself and you can kind of bow in the corner. Or you could choose to get better. And, and ultimately, it was a decision for everybody to get better and, and raising those expectations and making sure that we challenge each other. Um, and, and uh, coaching staff starts from the top, making sure they uh, continue to kind of set those expectations. But yeah, those were those were tough, tough losses. It's interesting when you kind of reflect it. I remember losses much better than I do the wins and, and just the emotional aspect of being able to pour everything in and, and to have a season come down and, and completely shut off. Um, fortunate, unfortunate in, in football, especially at that level, 
there's there's only one team that feels good at the end of the year. All, all these other teams kind of experience that in, in, in being in a position to, to kind of swallow that twice with the with the Delaware loss and, and the Youngstown. Matter of fact, I think that 94 team might have been the best team that we we had. We had some killers on that team, just some absolute studs um, that, that did hone the, the, the team and, and lead to success in the future. So going into 95, was there something that was different? I mean, you graduated in 94, like you alluded to, an unbelievable group. And I think there's only 12 guys in your class that returned as seniors in that 95 season uh, of an excellent junior class behind you as well. But where did you think that you were at as a group coming off of those two years prior? Yeah, we knew we had talent. Uh, and I, th I don't think you really know what you have until you kind of progress uh, through through the season. And, and uh, um we had a lot of people who wanted to win. Um, the, like I said, the bar was, was not just to get to the game, it was to win the national championship. So the, the expectations, the, the, the internal dialogue uh, had changed tremendously. And uh, we were going to go out there and, and, and do our best. And, and we, we knew we had some extremely talented kids on, on, uh, on both sides of the, of the ball. But you could see early on as we started to click as a team and, and gel, um, it, it was it was pretty magical, and then and then to really kind of hit the playoffs and and everything, everything seemed to to fire on all cylinders, offensively, defensively, uh, and special teams. So that, that that was fun to kind of see that ascension too throughout the season. Uh, we had a few setbacks, didn't show up for a game, um, and, and and got beat, and then uh, and then yeah, coming through. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Could you feel it even before the season started? Like during fall camp, could you feel a sense of urgency or a sense of togetherness amongst the guys? Or what was the moment where you guys sort of collectively realized, wow, we, we actually can make a run at this thing? Yeah, I mean, we, we were good. We were good. There's no question about it. I don't know if I felt it early on like that. I think there was a few uh, pivotal games. Uh, if you look throughout the season, the Boise State game was unbelievable, right? Just coming and just throttling that uh, – that team, that was that was kind of a high-profile game. As a matter of fact, in, in a lot of the games, I mean, I I only played probably uh, you know half the game and, and out a couple series in the in, in the in the third quarter. Um, so we had we had run up the score on all these people, and and, and quite frankly, I think I played one series in the in the Boise State game, but that was that was kind of the that that was kind of the. Uh, the rhythm we were in as a team. I mean, we just absolutely crush it offensively. We'd hold them in and then, and then all the starters would check out and, and, and you look at kind of the development and what that was able to do, whether it was able to, to create some longevity and health with the, uh, with the starting program was, was it able to develop kind of the, the younger kids underneath? Um, I think there was tremendous benefits in, in being able to kind of incorporate that environment. But yeah, I think we, we benefited and you could, you could kind of feel the, the, the momentum uh, and the excitement around the uh, the university and the city and the community about how good and how special this team was. Coulter, in 1993, the Grizz football team was looking to host its first playoff game of the decade and just its second season of playoffs in school history. As we know, you got to have 
some financial backing to guarantee a home game, and former First Security Bank President Bill Boucher stepped up, spearheading a group of local business owners to guarantee that bid for UM Athletics, and that commitment from First Security Bank to UM has never wavered. Bill Boucher, Gordy Fix, several other business owners around the city of Missoula certainly had a huge influence in stepping up, certainly some of the first true believers in what Grizz football could become and what they could mean to the Missoula community. Two years later, in 1995, the University of Montana had turned that local optimism into national prominence. The Grizz won the Division I AA National Championship, the first national title in the history of the university. And 25 years later, per Security Bank is still proud to sponsor the Grizzlies. First Security Bank, a presenting sponsor for Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, a 25-part podcast series remembering that epic 1995 season. First Security Bank, proud sponsor of Grizz Athletics and the University of Montana. All teams want to try and peak late, right? Hit, 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 hit the top of the mountain when it's go time, and nobody maybe ever did that better than the 95 Montana Grizzlies in that postseason run. Uh, in Washington Grizzly on the way to the national championship. What do you remember about those three games that were simply dominant blowouts? And it's hard to even imagine that these are national playoffs, national semifinal type of football games. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And you kind of reflect back on that at time. And, and, and it was, it was special. Uh, it was special in the fact that the, the, the leadership was on par. It was special that we had a lot of kids committed to, to being great. Um, you know, there was there was a uh, there was an opportunity I remember early on where the defense essentially got up as individuals and committed to what they were going to do to make this a great playoff season, win the national championship. And whether it was help in, in, in the scout team, uh, whether it was a, you know, I, I remember mine personally was I, I in practice was going to touch the ball carrier on every single time they ran. And so I, I literally defensive end ball would go over there play would be over I would I would I would make an effort to go touch that guy and just if anything it was the it was the conscious mentality that I'm committed to getting the ball every single uh, time regardless where that, that ball is uh, and so to have that type of commitment I think was uh was huge you could, you could feel the momentum another thing too and I think kind of the danger of of you know that situation is, is playing to the level of the competition um and, and to really kind of go out and just absolutely throttle. We were supposed to win games, not only did we win them, but we, we, we destroyed teams. Um, to be in that environment, to, to, to see kind of the, 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 the fear on some of these teams as they rolled in, man, it was, uh, it was crazy. You, you could see them on the sidelines. You could see, uh, you know, um, you can see it in their eyes. And, and um, I, I think for the majority of those games, we won them before we even kicked off. Was it even elevated compared to what you were normally used to at Washington Grizzly Stadium? I mean, could you feel the ferocity of the way you guys played even even greater during that playoff run? I, th- I think so, man. I, I uh, you know, it's interesting. You you get in any environment where it, it is it is literally win and proceed and lose and go home. Um, right. You know, that is a that's a unique situation to to, to be in and to I mean, be in that situation. Um, and that's kind of the beauty about, about having those losses. You understand what that feels like. You understand what that looks like. Um, and you understand you don't want to be there and, and, and do whatever you can, uh, to, to, to fight and continue on. So, um, that intensity, um, the support 
but I mean the sellout, the fans, it, it was it, it was a magical time to kind of reflect back and and and, and be part of that uh, part of that experience is something something very special. You obviously win those games going away, and now it's the national championship, and you're gearing up for this thing, preparing for it, traveling as it turns out for what is a road game uh, at the end <laughs> of the day, but also. One way or another, this is the last game you're going to play for the Montana yeah. Grizzlies. What was that? Was that in there for you, like in your preparation? I know guys want to focus on the game and just lock and load for that thing, but I mean, I, I got to believe that that's a backdrop and, and a little emotional as well. And you're preparing, knowing this is the end of the road. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's really weird when you when you kind of you're in that that final, you know, hundred yards of that marathon. You see the the, the finish line there. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think we would be talking if, if, uh, if we lost that game, which is, uh, which is important. So you, you had an opportunity to really kind of do something special. And, and, and we talked about kind of creating a legacy. We talked about being part of something that we literally could remember for the rest of our, our lives and celebrate. Um, I remember distinctly, uh, one of my best friends, Eric Simonson is, is on the team and he was, he was married to Holly and they had a baby and the baby's name was Marshall. And uh, we were, we were flying over. Um, and I, I literally looked at him. I say, Hey, I said, brother, you're, you're either going to cringe every time you say your son's name or you're going to, you're going to celebrate. <laughs> right. hey, hey, everything is on, on the line here, man. We, we got to win. And so um, I think the finality of it, um, I, I think understanding um and I, I think the leadership really probably had a, a different perspective. I think, I think wisdom and life is the best teacher. A lot of times in the moment, you don't understand what you have, but it's, it's, it's very important that people around you are able to kind of articulate and express how important or how special that moment is. And I think we all, we all got it, uh, which was, uh, which was cool. And, and yeah, lead, leads to, uh, leads to great memories like this and, and um, something that, that, I'm, I'm very proud of to this day. When you are trying to settle into a national championship game, I mean, were the nerves different? Or, or you talk about the finality of it, but I mean, how long does it take to settle into Was there a moment where you were in that game and you were like, okay, now this, this, this feels like playing football? Yeah, for, for me, uh, and I think every, every individual is unique. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got nervous if I was, if I was wrestling uh, – a, a dude, nobody's watching, <laughs> or I got nervous, uh, you know, playing a scrimmage game. I got, I, the, the, the nerves were always there. And for me, it just it built a sense of excitement. I, I know if I, I felt that, um, I had confidence I could perform. Um, and I love that feeling. I still love that feeling of, of, of being present and being, being alive. Every single time the first hit uh, the first takedown, when the whistle blows, it is all gone, uh, and you are you are in the moment. So there, it, it, it was so instantaneous when that when that happens too. It, it's crazy. Um, so ju just like that, and I, I I think what a lot of people do um, is is they they make it bigger than it, it really is. At, at the end of the day, it's it's a football game. It's it's the same pads. It's the same people. You got a few more people watching, but but the execution, the the the, the fundamentals are still the basics, and so uh, even taking those lessons into 
to, to life. Um, you, you, you really have to boil it down to, to understanding really what it is. Don't make it too big. Don't make it too small and, and just execute. And that's what I think we did a, a, a very good job of. I have touched on this in some way, I think, with most of the defensive guys on that team. But uh, for you personally, the, the nerves kind of go away and you're centered. You're in the moment when you're playing. However, the three games leading up to that, it was over maybe before the game started, as you said. Yeah. In this game, it wasn't over till it was over. <laughs> and it was a very different type of football game and really a defensive football game, which you guys hadn't honestly played that many of, you know, in terms of where you needed to have it because the offense was so great. Well, did you feel that happening as it was happening? And what was your response to it as a group and for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you definitely could. And, and uh, you're right. I think, I, think, uh, I think the blowouts are fun for the players, not so much for the fans. The, 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 the tight back and forth, um, it, it's, it's challenging, right? I mean, it is, it's nerve-wracking for everybody involved, but, but it really would, is what makes it, you know, competition uh, exciting. So we all kind of live for these, these moments. But I, I remember just a, a supreme a confidence that, that um, I was personally going to commit myself to every, every single play trying to make something happen. It was interesting. I, I, years ago, um, and I didn't know this happened, but we had a mascot. We had the, you know, the, the grizzly bear mascot on the, uh, on the sidelines and, and I'd walk past him or something. And I use some, uh, some very colorful language, but I said, we, we're going to win this, you know, this game. And um, it was funny years, years later, he, he said to me, you know, he said, I, I saw the eyes and I saw the intensity. And I think we're, we're down at the time, but he, he, uh, he was he was so shocked in in, in terms of the uh, the nature and the confidence that we still had that we were going to win this thing. So I, I don't know if that was something kind of ingrained in us um, as a, as a team collectively. I don't know if I just I simply just felt it. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's one of the things that that you you choose you choose your path. You choose to perform at that level. Or you choose to to fold, and it, it really is a, a conscious choice if you're committed to to winning at all costs, um, to win. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What was your perspective when the safety happened? When Brian Tudor and Randy Riley get the safety, were you on the field or were you on the sideline? What was that? What was that moment like? What, what do you remember about that specific moment in the game? Yeah, no, I was I was lined up on the on the field. Randy Riley was on the the right hand side. Tune was in the middle, and I got a little rush upfield, and I started to kind of belly back because I, I saw him stepping up, and all of a sudden we see the the one arm tune uh, all casted up, and, and Riley, uh, uh, you know, jumping on the on the quarterback. That that was incredible, man. I, and and I, I love big plays. I love to celebrate big wins. And and uh, and that was huge for huge moment for those guys. Huge moment for the defense. Huge moment in the game. Um, and so yeah, it's 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 certainly a certainly a memory that I I have. I mean, literally just 
I, I could replay the kind of that moment in my head and see those guys uh, back there uh, after. So it's, it's funny because I, I, I do remember distinct plays. I, I do remember some bad plays. I do remember some good plays um, that, that could have changed the course of the game. What, what what's another one for you personally where you where maybe maybe the moment of the game for you where you go okay, that that's one that I'm taking with me yeah so the you know it's inter interesting there is a there's there's two that really kind of stand out so um Pennington was uh and I I was I was rushing so hard on the outside and and, and Pennington would would drop back and he would take like one or two steps up and it was so subtle but every time I, I would kind of run past him and I did it like four or five times in a row. And, um, it was a third and long. And I remember the, uh, I remember the play, but I, I thought instead of going for Pennington himself, I'm going to go for the ball. And so there, there's literally a moment in the game where I run through and I knocked the ball out of Pennington's hand. So that could have changed the game right there. Knock it. Pennington picks it up. And throws a strike, and they end up getting a, a first down in the game. But I was so so pissed. Like that's the only thing I want to do. I want to dislodge the ball. Right. I'm hoping so. Yeah. You know, there. There again. Where's Toon? Where's Where's Riley? They should be jumping. The <laughs> yeah. ball goes down on the ground, and uh, and yeah, that could have been a huge play, a huge turnover. But Pennington and in, in his uh, you know in the moment picks it up and, and throws it. That was uh, that was one. Uh, there there was another one I remember that was a. Uh, Kind of a quick toss, and it was a it was a it was a double pass or something, and and um, kind of rushed up, and and um, I saw the re receiver. He, he caught the ball, and he's geared up to to throw it, and I consciously thought about, am I gonna am I gonna run up and and try to get my hands up, or um, you know it's not cool now, but but am I gonna run through him helmet to helmet and try to just absolutely destroy this guy? And I and I I did I. All, all I had, it was probably the clean, one of the cleanest hits I think I've ever had in my life, and just ran right through this guy <laughs> and flipped him. But I, I, I consciously thought, like, I don't care if he completes or not, this this guy is going to, uh, he's going to pay the price. And so, r running through his teeth was a, uh, was a fun moment for sure. <laughs> um, I think if he, even if he doesn't remember you, he remembers you. If you know what yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? So that's that I is a good moment. Um, the game is, is such a great game. Uh, the kick goes through 39 seconds left. Do you remember anything about the last drive? It, for a lot of guys, they say it's kind of a blur. Uh, but, but do you remember the, you know, coming back out and having to like, you know, make those final few plays and talk, take us through that. And then through, through the moments after where, where it's done and you're a national champion. Yeah. So I, I remember distinctly uh, the, the moments because my, my brother was uh, the, the short snapper. So um, I, I actually, the beginning of the season was the short snapper for the, the team. I had broken two fingers um, in the, uh, just prior to the Washington State game. And so I couldn't grip the, the, the ball that well. And my backup was my brother. And so he ended up taking over the snapping duties. That, that's a, that's a ride in itself. Don Reed would come over and, and, uh, and try snapping with us. And, and it was funny because our whole conversation was, all right, here we go. This is for the national championship. Let's, let's see you fire one back there. And that, that was literally the, the dialogue 
Okay, all the money. This this is the one right now. Here it is. Right. Let's see what you got. And fired back. And and uh, so me and my brother would would uh, would joke around to see where where the placement was, how good it was, if they had to, to move or not. And so as 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 we're driving down, um, I was with my on the bench with my brother, and I, I looked over him. I said, "Brother, I said we've been preparing for this moment forever." I said, you get the opportunity. You're going to snap the game-winning kick in the national championship. Let's do this. And so, you know, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I wanted <laughs> for him to kind of realize that this is – you've been here. You've done yeah. this. This is something that we literally have done day in and day out. This is another, another moment. Go out and cherish it. And so, sure enough, get in the situation and, and – uh, E-Man runs out there and, and throws back a dart. Um, and, uh, and Larson Larson goes up and, and kicks it. So the snap could be arguably the uh, <laughs> one of the most important plays in, in, uh, in Grizzly history. So Eric getting that ball back there was uh, was incredible. And then and Larson kicking it through. Um, and, yeah, the, the, not the euphoria of, of, of kind of seeing this game and the trajectory and the finish it was going to go, but – um, you know, the excitement of, of man, let's, we got we to gotta lock this down. And so uh, to, to go out there for the last few plays, I remember the kick itself. I, think, I, don't, I don't know if it's like a 60-yard kick or something, 65-yard kick. Right. Uh, but I came, I, I was rushing as hard as I could, man. I knew the thing was going to be low. It just kind of grazed over the top of my fingers. Uh, but, yeah, to see that thing fall short, um, to celebrate on the field and, and, and the way the stadium was laid out. I mean, there was uh, 40,000 people there. It was, it was, it was 95% Marshall. And then there was one kind of sliver of Montana fans. You saw all the gold and, and uh, copper gold in, in that section and to see that, that area just absolutely erupt. Uh, and you see the players kind of erupt and yeah, it was it was incredible, man. Very emotional and, and uh, um, yeah, what a moment. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. I mean, the emotions must have been so hard to even comprehend at the time, right? Because at the same time, you guys just reached the mountaintop for the first time in the history of the program, representing the state in such a phenomenal way as well. But also, you probably just played your last football game, too. So it must have been so crazy to try to compartmentalize everything that you had just gone through in that exact moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's it's interesting is as we kind of go along this, this journey for all of us, I think, I think there's moments in time where you, you will remember for the, the rest of your life. Um, and that, that is a moment that I will remember uh, for the rest of my life. And, and you're right. The, 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 the swell of emotions and, and um, to think about the journey is, is that, that's a game, but what, what you don't see is you don't see, you know, the, the, the kids starting off uh, or, or in peewee, you don't see the wrestling practice. You don't see 
the weight rooms. Nobody's watching. You're in there. You're in there lifting weights. So all the effort, all the accumulation. You don't see the the years and years the coaches put in. Um, you know, for for this moment. So um, to to have it all kind of capsulized in that in that in that moment, that's incredible. So that that became kind of my thought. Is is man, I mean, just just everything to lead to this this pinnacle, this mountaintop. Um, people only knew literally the 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 effort required to, to get to this this moment was incredible you return to Missoula and uh, to hear the other the other guys tell it you got no idea what you're returning to or don't even think that you're returning to anything and it turns out you're returning to quite a lot what do you remember about the arrival and and then the subsequent maybe the evening and then the day day or two after yeah it was a it was kind of a uh, yeah, kind of a roller coaster, man. It was uh, it was incredible. Just just being on the uh, being on the plane home, um, just a just a tremendous sense of of, of gratitude. Um, of you know, I can't believe this is this has actually happened. There, you know, everybody's got ice packs on their uh, you know their shoulders and knees and, and smiles on their faces, and just the just the sense of accomplishment. Um, I don't think you at the time kind of realize what type of uh, impact it maybe has on other people. Uh, you know, it feels great for the team and, and to, to go back and to see the uh, community really kind of embrace us, the, you know, to have us represent the state, uh, to have us represent the university uh, and, to, and to feel that was, uh, was, was, was pretty incredible. Yeah, coming off the plane and, and I, I know what a rock star feels like. I've, I've, I've been there uh, once in my life. So that was great. And, and going downtown and, and, uh, yeah, had the opportunity. I think I was I with I was with uh, Simonson. I was with Kowalski. I was with Dickinson, uh, and, and myself. That's that's a pretty fun crew to to hang with in that that environment for sure. So we made the most of it for sure. And then, uh, yeah, is there uh, something I, distinctly different too about being a Montanan and winning it for Montana? I think so. Um, I think there's a uh, you know I. Th- I during during my my tenure there, that's what that's what Montana did an extremely good job of. It was just attracting homegrown talent, uh, individuals who might have had the talent to play somewhere else, but but chose Montana just because they wanted to be part of that that culture. Um, yeah, to, to 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 know that that was my home state, to follow the Grizzlies all my life, and and then to be part of that moment, I think is is pretty special. I think it's, it's special for. Um, a lot of people in, in Montana, uh, you know, I, I can s- still go back and here I am an, an old guy, you know, 20, 25 years later and, and, and people still remember um, that moment and they can name some of the people on the team and they can talk about some of the games and they can tell us about, you know, what they were doing or where they're watching that national championship game. That's, that's a big deal. So, and I would, I would challenge to say that, yeah, could you do the same for the team two years later or the, the, the team three years before? Who, who knows? Um, but I, I think it did mean and represented um, the state well, uh, the community well, and, and, and the university extremely well. want to hear uh, up to the present point, 25 years in two minutes, if you will. I know that you landed in Coeur d'Alene for a little while and then – lit out for California with some buddies and you're the only one who managed to stick it out. You find a nice gal, all of that. So tell us about 
the 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 twists and turns and and what you're up to now yeah yeah it's it, it has been uh, quite quite a journey man so yeah it's kind of you kind of alluded to uh, unfortunately that, that was a that was a tough transition to go from uh you know athletics and in um you know the, the college life to all of a sudden you are you are now working for a living right? and earning a paycheck and it's like, oh my god man i want to go that's back. awful that, that, that was fun <laughs> Um, so, yeah, getting a situation where I really wanted to uh, ex- expand a little bit, I, I felt very comfortable in, in Montana. And for me, growth came from being uncomfortable. And so I decided to relocate over to Coeur d'Alene. Didn't know anybody. They didn't know me. And, and that, was a, that was a very, um, very challenging time, but, but allowed me to, to, to grow up tremendously. And, and then I uh, had the good fortune of running with some buddies. And I didn't have any roots. I was going anywhere. And so they were going down to Southern California. And two bail out before we uh, get down there and go with one guy and he bails out. Um, and so I, I was, I was, you know, there again, pretty stubborn. The fact that I, I I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make this work. Uh, I don't care what I have to do. And uh, I'm, I'm going to, if I decide to go back, it's going to be on my own terms. And, and lo and behold, 22 years later, I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm here. So good fortune. I, you know, I've, I've been with my, uh, my wife uh, for 20, 22 years. I met her like six months after we came down here. Uh, we have a uh, we have a 13 year old daughter named Grayson Rose. She is a twinkle in my eyes. She's a beautiful girl. Uh, I love her tremendously. Um, and then uh, and then Garrison Manzanares, who is uh, who's 11 year old. He's a little bulldog. Um, is he breaking the sick. furniture? <laughs> he's, he's a rowdy kid, man. I, I, I love. Him. He, he he definitely takes over his uh, takes takes over uh, some of his uh, some of his daddy's characteristics so he's a rough physical kid he's a big kid he's 11 years old he's got size 11 shoe and so he's a he's gonna be a he's gonna be a big kid but both amazing kids um, I'm, I'm, I'm very very fortunate very grateful to have a, a beautiful family and, and in terms of profession we uh, um, working for a company called Teletrack we d- did that for nine years all sorts of national roles and, and um, I really made a, a lifestyle decision. I was uh, I was put into a kind of a national role, and I had a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I did not want to be the dad who left on on, on Monday and came back Thursday, um, you know, to see the kids for the weekend. And so, I put uh, put some feelers out and um, got aligned with a guy named John Moran and Robert Rice, and, and uh, they just sold the company, served a two-year non-compete, and, and wanted to start a, a freight forwarding company. I didn't know anything about freight. I didn't know what it was, and but I knew them. And, and I think learning and being around great teams, you want to associate yourself with great people. And these guys were winners. And uh, so we've, I became a partner in the business. And, and, and since that point, we've, uh, we've grown Epic Freight to uh, over 50 employees. Um, we're one of the fastest growing companies in America, have been for the last five out of six years. We're one of the best places to work in Los Angeles have been for the last seven years. And so we've created a, a tremendous company culture. We care about our, our people, our employees, and we deliver a great, great service. So the, uh, the company has exploded and, and it's, it's been, a, been an incredible ride. Well, you'll have to we'll get you out of here then on this. What sort of influence, what, I mean, did, did, what did the experience of playing football at the University of Montana teach you and how has that impacted and resonated throughout the last 25 years? Yeah, it's it's uh, it is it's it's pretty impactful, and and uh, and to have that 
kind of imprint on, on my life is, is great. I, I think in terms of uh, what it's what has contributed to me. Um, I think relationships. Uh, some of those guys will have. I've, I have a, a common bond with those guys for the rest of my life. I've developed some of the strongest relationships I ever had in my life uh, as part of that that experience. Um, I think teamwork, understanding how important it is to play your role and do your job, uh, is, uh, is is definitely a, a skill set that transitions into to life. Um, I think I think being able to work hard and, and and focus on something, setting goals, is a is a huge component of what I do. Um, so I, th- I think just incorporating some of those fundamentals uh, that the people learn through athletics, and more importantly, the experience at Great Falls, or excuse me, at, at uh, University of Montana, has, has taught me, and uh, really kind of apply those lessons to my life and in our business, and in, in our community, and, and what we do here at Epic Freight has been uh, has been extremely special. 1995 national champion, Grizz great, and now, can I say CEO, business partner, <laughs> head man in Southern Cal, Johansi Manzanares. Johansi, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you, guys. Great to connect. Thank you very much for reaching out, and uh, I, I appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. Grizz Greats is available on all of your podcasting platforms, whether you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Transistor. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share. To find all the Grizz Greats, you can just search Grizz Greats on your platforms, or you can visit grizzgreats.com or 1029ESPN.com and click on the podcast tab. Grizz Greats is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and First Security Bank of Missoula. Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Champions Podcast Series commemorates Montana's epic run to its first national crown. Now, you have a chance to own a piece of history by purchasing a custom piece of art specifically commissioned to accompanying this epic archiving of history. The one-of-a-kind painting features Hall of Fame quarterback Dave Dickinson, legendary Grizz head coach Don Reed, and Andy Larson, the Helena native who drilled the game-winning kick to lift Montana to a 22-20 victory over Marshall on December 16, 1995. Secure this limited edition work of art while supplies last to ensure no Grizz fan ever forgets that historic moment. To purchase number 195 championship, a one-of-a-kind painting by former Grizz wide receiver Ryan Bagley, visit rbagley3.com or check out grizzgreats.com and click on the link, or you can visit the ESPN Missoula Facebook page for more information. From full-size canvases that are professionally framed to prints, hooded sweatshirts, and t-shirts, don't miss your chance to get this one-of-a-kind painting by a Montana artist for the great people of Montana. Visit rbagley3.com or grizzgreats.com to make your purchase today.